Well, listen, we have been in a sermon series for the last few weeks here at Heartland, and uh, it's called Love Lives Here. Now, this is an exciting series for us as a church because really we've been talking about our church. But um, the, the messages apply to you, even if you don't come to Heartland. It applies to all churches. It applies to us. But we're talking about us a little bit specifically. And we've been talking about our vision for the future. We talked about that for a, a couple weeks or so. And then we talked about our mission as a church. And we shared a new mission statement. And we exist to, to, you know, to love Jesus and to love each other and to love our world. We talked about that and how important that is. And, and we, we, everybody's been running around in these t-shirts that we bought us Love lives here. It lives here because we love Jesus and love each other and love our world. And then we move from that into talking about something called core values. And there are things that, about seven things that we uh, hold true here at Heartland as our core values. Things that we as a group of people rally around. Things that um, we want to make sure that we make decisions based upon. That any ministry that we start or anything that we do, that they, is, uh, they align with our core values. And so today we're going to continue talking about our core values. And we're going to talk about the core value of evangelism. And uh, I'm excited about this message today, and, and uh, I, I just um, think this is such an important thing. It's something that really is important to us. It's something that we all need. So as we think about our core value of evangelism, the first thing that I want to do is I want to share with you our evangelism statement. I want to I share with you this, this statement because this is what we mean when we talk about evangelism. Uh, at Heartland, we value evangelism. Evangelism is our communication of the gospel. It is the message that we are all sinful and that Christ died for our sins. He was buried, was raised to life again three days later, and was seen by many witnesses. And our hope in communicating the gospel is that the hearer of the gospel will repent of their sins and believe and put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. You know, no, this is an incredible statement. This is a really important thing for our church, something that we hold true and that we hold dear. That's a, that's a core value of everything that we believe. And so basically what that statement is saying in a nutshell, it is saying that we value sharing our faith in Christ. We understand that the scriptures tell us that there is no way that we can ever get to heaven outside of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so as believers, we value sharing that faith, our faith. We value sharing the gospel. The gospel is this message that we are all separated from God because of sinfulness, but that God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins as the substitute of, for our sins, to pay the price, the penalty for our sinfulness. And that if we accept what he did on the cross, and if we put our faith and our trust in him, and we believe in him and who he is and what he did, and we will follow him that we will be saved, that we then can be forgiven of our sins and we can spend our eternity with God in heaven. That is the gospel. And we believe that message and we want to share it with as many people as we can. So today as we talk about this core value of evangelism, of sharing our faith, uh, I want to use a particular passage in Scripture. It's found in the book of Acts 
It is Acts chapter one, verse eight. And we're gonna be looking at that. So if you have your Bibles with you wherever you are this morning, I know that you're on an electronic device. Maybe you've got the Bible app there with you. Uh, you can turn to that particular passage of scripture, Acts 1.8. And I wanna talk about that this, this morning as we talk about evangelism. But before we get to verse eight, I wanna sort of give you a little bit of the backstory. I wanna talk to you a little bit about this verse and, and sort of set it up. This is an interesting verse of scripture because you see, this is this scripture, this verse that I'm about to read you, Acts 1.8. These are the last words that Jesus Christ spoke face to face with another human being before he left this earth. You see, Jesus had died on the cross, he was buried and he rose again on the third day. And then after he rose, he, he ministered and he met with his disciples and he appeared to many people for a period of about 40 days or so. And then after that 40 days, Jesus ascended into heaven. And so the conversation that he's having here in this particular passage is with his disciples. And he's talking to them right before he ascends and, and before he goes to heaven. And that, so he's come together and he's meeting with his disciples. And I'm gonna begin with Acts chapter one, verse six. And this isn't gonna be on the screen for a moment here until we get to verse eight. But I want you to understand what's going on here. L listen to this. It says, so when they had come together, they asked him. So the disciples are with Jesus and they're asking questions. Now you can imagine, you know, all the questions, a lot of their questions have been answered because he's risen from the dead and now they're with him and, and, with him and they wanna know all they can know. They want answers to things. And, and so they ask him, they, they come together and it says they ask him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, this is an interesting question because you see what they were hoping would happen and what they sort of always thought Jesus would do is that Jesus would come and he would set up a kingdom here on earth and that he would overthrow the Roman government and he would establish himself as the king. And, and they still are hoping that that's gonna happen. But you see, there, there was a different kingdom that Jesus was interested in establishing and it wasn't necessarily that earthly kingdom just there in Rome. But they ask him the question because that's something that was on their heart. And then Jesus answers them. And in his answer, it's the last words he'll ever speak to them in person. And this is what he says. He says, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. Now, this is an interesting answer because he basically deflects their question. He's got something more important to talk to them about. So he deflects their question. They're going, hey, Jesus, are you going to overthrow Rome? Are you going to overthrow the emperor? Are you going to set up your kingdom here on earth? You know, is that going to happen? When is, and they're sort of asking, when is it going to happen? What's going to take place? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know. The, the times and things that God has affixed. I mean, those, those aren't things you need to be worried about. You know, God's got all that stuff under control. When that's supposed to happen, it'll happen. God will do things in his own timing. He's gonna do things the way that he believes they should be done, the way that he's ordained them to be done. So he says, you don't need to be working, worrying about those things. And then, then he tells them what they need to be worrying about. And this is what is, this, this is the most incredible passage of scripture because he's telling you and me what we need to be worried about. And listen to what he says. The first word, he says, but. Okay, in other words, okay, that, that's a great word right there. He says, but. He says, listen, you don't need to be worrying about that, but here's something you need to, need to, do need to be thinking about. Okay, here's something you need to be thinking about. This is what should be on your mind. This is what you should be going about. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see, Jesus was about to leave. Right after he finishes this statement, he ascends a cloud, in a cloud to heaven. And, and, and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see, in just a couple of weeks after Jesus leaves, we, we have this this uh, event in, in scripture uh, called Pentecost, uh, when all the people were gathered in the upper room and they, and they, they were there at Antioch and, and what happens is, is God ushers in his Holy Spirit. Jesus kept promising that you know, he, he, was, he was leaving but they were gonna usher, this Holy Spirit would be ushered in. And so what that means is that Jesus would then indwell his believers. Those people that have put their faith and their trust in him, Jesus would send his spirit to indwell them so that he would be with them always. And so Jesus is is saying, listen, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, that's an important thing uh, to understand because of this. You see, what what, what does it mean that when we receive that power? What power is he talking about? Well, basically, in a nutshell, what Jesus was saying is, you will receive power to accomplish the things that I've set forth for you to accomplish. You will receive power to do the things I've asked you to do. You will receive power to live your life in a way that brings glory to me. You're not ever going to be on your own again. You're not going to have to worry about doing these things under your own strength and in your own power, but you're going to receive power because you see the moment you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. What we've learned this as we've studied over the last few months, we've talked in the book of Romans, we've learned that the moment that we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, that the Holy Spirit of Almighty God indwells us as believers. And the moment the Holy Spirit enters us, at the moment of salvation, we receive power. We receive, the Bible says, the same power that, that, that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. We receive power. There, there, there's a power in us to help us deal with the stuff of daily life. Power to overcome fear. You know, a lot of people are afraid right now because of the pandemic, because of this coronavirus. And, and, and yet, you know, the, yeah, we do need to take precautions and we need to be careful in all those things. But listen, we do not have to fear. But we can overcome fear because of the power that lives in us. We can trust our Heavenly Father to take care of us. We can trust him. So we have the power to do that. But then he goes on and he gives a specific um, you know, instance where that power is made available to us, a, a specific situation that we can use that power in and something that's really important. He says, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then listen to what he says. I'm gonna read the whole thing and we're gonna come back and just break it apart a little bit. He says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. So he says, listen, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So in about two weeks after he left, we had Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was ushered in. All believers received that power and all future believers that anybody that puts their faith and trust in Jesus receives that power. But he says this, he goes, you will receive power. And, and then he says this, and you will be. And so he's saying, okay, not, he, he's saying you're gonna be my witnesses. You're, you're gonna be my plan to spread the news that I am God that, have come, that has come to earth to, to, so that people can be forgiven of their sins. You're gonna spread the word that I died, that I was buried, but I rose again, just like I said I was gonna do. You're gonna be the people to take this message forward. He, he says, you will be my witnesses. You will be. He doesn't say, if you're a believer, you might be my witness. 
He doesn't say, if you're a believer, eh, if you get around to it, you can be my witness. No, he doesn't say anything like that. He says, you will be my witness. It's actually it's a command for us. It's like, okay, you, the moment you become a believer, the moment you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, you become a witness for Jesus Christ. The moment that you, you do that. And then he says, uh, and then after he, so he sets it up, he says, okay, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to receive power and you will be my witnesses. And then he does something interesting. He starts using these geographic terms. He, he, He starts talking about these areas that you will be my witness in. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So, so he, he says, and why in the world would he do that? Well, well, I think it's because he wanted to, us to understand the comprehensive scope of our witness, of, of, what, of who we're supposed to tell about Jesus and, and, and all those kind of things. So he starts off with the capital of the nation of Israel. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. He says, you will be my, my witnesses in Jerusalem. And now that's an important thing because basically the way I see that and the way I understand that is that we are to be Christ's witnesses if we're a believer and the Holy Spirit indwells us because we are, we're to be his witnesses in our own circle of influence. Okay, we're to be in, in our own circle of, of influence. Now, you know, all of us, we, we live somewhere. I mean, we, you know, we, you're right now, maybe you're, you're at your home and you may not even live here. Our church's location Winter Haven, Florida, but you may be in Lake Wells, you may be in Lake Alfred, you may be in Arbondale, you may be in Lakeland, you, you, you may be, I don't know, in Plant City. I, you can be, uh, all these surrounding communities, you, you can be anywhere, but you, have a, you may work in one of those towns, but you have a circle of influence. And he says, you know, one of the things that I want you to do, one of your responsibilities is to be a witness in your circle of influence. Those are the people that you're rubbing elbows with every day. Those are the people that you see at work every day. That's your own family. Those are the people, you know, that you go to the ballpark and see. Those are the people that, you know, maybe it's a restaurant. You have a favorite restaurant and you go into that restaurant and there's those couple of waitresses or waiters that are there and you know them very well. You see them all the time. Well, you're to be a witness for Christ to them. And so we need to make sure that we are, are, are doing that. We need to make sure that we're, well, a, a couple of different ways we can do that. One thing, we need to literally have conversations with people about Christ. We need to talk to them about Christ, maybe somebody at work, but we also need to live our lives in a way that people see Jesus in us so that we're a witness just by our lifestyle. We go to a restaurant, we bow our heads and we pray. People can see that we're praying. I mean, those kind of things are important. Those are all little elements of, of witnessing, but we also need to have conversations with people. Now, I know sometimes that can feel a little bit uncomfortable. You know, in your circle of influence, sometimes you can say, well, I don't wanna push this person away or I don't wanna say something at work. But you know what's amazing about sharing your faith? I think sometimes we have these ideas in our mind. There, there's this tension that's there and, and we, we feel like, man, you know, I don't want to do that because I don't know enough Bible verses or, you know, I've, I've not been a Christian very long or, you know, I just don't, I'm just not good at, at that kind of thing. But here's what I want you to see today. I want you to understand that really this isn't a complicated thing. If you are a believer and you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, you need to understand that you don't have to do this on your own. You got a little help. And, and also, uh, when you start talking to somebody about their faith, uh, you, you know, it might be in a light, uh, a light conversation, it might be in a more heavy conversation, but the Holy Spirit is gonna help you in that conversation. 
But you know, let me just give you an example. I mean, you can be a, uh, on your lunch break sometime, and I don't know, you know, where you work, you know, uh, or you know, or even if you're a stay-at-home mom or something, and you're, uh, you know, you're with some friends eating lunch or whatever. But you know, conversations happen because life happens, right? So we all have these conversations, and you're having a conversation with someone, and and uh, you know, they're just talking about they're going through a difficult time. And, you know, I'm just struggling. You know, we got, we, I'm going through this really difficult thing at home. Well, you know, you're a believer, so you go through difficult times too. And it's easy to have a conversation and say, you know what, you know, yeah, I've never been through something like that. Maybe you haven't. You know, I've not ever been through something like that. But I can tell you this, we, 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 let me just share a little story from my house. We, we had this problem at our house. And, and I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have the Lord, I don't know what we'd done if we couldn't have prayed. And, you know, and, and, and so all of a sudden now, you know, there's a, there's a possibility of a conversation. It may go a little further. It may not go much further. But, there's, but there you've interjected this idea of, of having a conversation about your faith. And, 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 you know, somebody might look at you and go, well, how did that help? Well, here you go. You know, now you can tell them about how it helped. You can talk to them about, about it. And, and if you have the opportunity, you can present the gospel. And, and sometimes you have that opportunity. Sometimes it might come three conversations later. It might be right then. And you might be thinking, but Ed, I, I'm scared to do that because I just don't know a bunch of Bible verses. You know, well, let me just tell you something. And, and some of you might want to throw something at me right now, but you can't because you're watching online. Okay, but here, here's the deal. You know, um, sometimes you just need to, to tell your story. Sometimes your story can be powerful and it's sometimes, and, and I don't want you to take me wrong, but it can be more powerful than sharing 45 Bible verses with somebody. Because sometimes you can overwhelm them, especially if they're not a believer. You can overwhelm them by trying to dump a bunch of stuff on them that they don't even get or anything. But you can just share your story because they know you. And you can tell them what God's doing in your life, which may open the door for you to share more. And if you know some passages and you can say, you know, you don't have to quote the scripture. You can just say, you know what? The Bible says this. And you can just make a statement and say, you know, we live that at our house. And so you can just have a regular conversation with someone in your own circle of influence. And those are people that you're around all the time and you're rubbing elbows with all the time. So you ought to take that opportunity whenever you get the chance. And, and, then, and let me just say one more time that you need to live your life in such a way on a day-by-day basis that people know you have a relationship with Jesus. You know, you, you shouldn't be some weirdo out there, but you shouldn't look like the, 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 the world that's out there that doesn't know Christ. I mean, your life ought to be a little bit different. You, you, you should see a difference in you. And, and let me just tell you what will happen. The Holy Spirit of God will, will help people to see that difference in you. And then when there is a conversation, the Holy Spirit of God will empower you to have the conversations with those people in your own circle of influence. And you know, our world has changed. Uh, you know, we can tell that right now because of those of you that are watching online on all these different devices and all these different places. And you know, you're, you're interacting with, with the church here as this service takes place. And you know, the world has changed. And, and there are a lot of people that are in your, your friends on social media. You know, you can have conversations on social media. You can tell someone on social media that you're praying for them. You can private message them. You can stick something out there on Instagram, on, on Facebook, or, or whatever it is. You, you know, whatever platform, you can go out there and you can talk to people. And you can share. We have ways today that we can do this that, that people didn't have years ago. So, but we need to reach out to those people in our own circle of influence. 
But he doesn't stop there. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You know, that's in the capital city, that our circle of influence right there. But then he says, hey, but it goes a little further than that. He says, in all Judea and Samaria. So now he's talking about in all of Israel. He's saying, now let's, let's spread the, the net a little bit here. And this is an interesting thing because now this is talking about getting outside of your own circle of influence and sharing the gospel and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people uh, that, that are not the same as you. Somebody that maybe lives in another town, maybe somebody you don't know very well, and you can, you can still share the gospel with them. And, and let me just say that it's people outside my immediate circle of influence. And sometimes that means that there are people that are different than you. Sometimes we see people that, are, people that are a little different than us. Sometimes we, we may see someone that is struggling and they're having a really difficult time. We may see a homeless person or we may see somebody uh, that is a different nationality than we are, uh, or, you know, that, and, and we need to reach out and we need to talk. We need to find what our common bonds are and interests are. We shouldn't be afraid to engage in conversations. Sometimes you might go to a conference or something and you see people that are outside your normal circle of influence, but you can still go to a meal with two or three people and say, hey, would you mind if I prayed before the meal? I've never had anybody go, no, I don't want you to pray when I've done that. And I think that you can do that. And, and, and you might can engage them because I know this, I know when I usually go out somewhere, you, you know, usually you, 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 we find people because we're relational. We find somebody, they may, be, not, may not be our best friend. You may be at a, some kind of competition. It may be a ball game or a soccer game, maybe some cheerleading competition. It may be a dance competition or something. But those couple of days that you're there, you're in touch with some other people. And you get to know a couple of other people. Sometimes you even meet new friends there. But you might get to know some other people, but take the opportunity with those people outside of your immediate circle of influence to talk to them as well. You know, it, it, you know that, that verse says that you will receive power. Don't be afraid. Just, just ask God to open the door for you to be able to talk. That doesn't mean you start preaching to somebody. It doesn't mean you start throwing a bunch of Bible verses out. It just means that because the Holy Spirit of God indwells you and you have a relationship with Jesus and you are a Christian, that a normal a normal part of your life, a normal part of your conversation is, is, is part of your Christian life. I mean, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for a long time. It's just normal for me. When somebody's talking about going through a difficult time, I don't know how I would have made it through difficult times in my life without Jesus. So it's just normal for me to talk about Jesus. It, it, I don't force it. I don't, it doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have I don't have to be overbearing. I don't have to beat up on somebody. I can just, out of love, you know, you know, our mission statement says, love Jesus, love each other. That's all of us. And then it says to love our world. That's love when you just, out of, out of your life, you just share with them. Why are you sharing with them? Because you want them to know Jesus too. And you want them to, to, to just experience what you've experienced. And you want him to be there to help them just like he's helped you. So that's people outside of our own circle of influence and all Judea and all Samaria. And then he goes on and then he really opens the net up a little bit. He says, and to the ends of the earth. So now Christ says that I'm empowering you with my Holy Spirit. When, I'm sent to, when you're a believer, I'm sending my Holy Spirit to live in you, to empower you, to do these things. I want you to, I want you to share your witness. I want you to tell people about me. I want you to tell them that, that I died for their sins. I want you to tell them that I can be there for them. I want you to tell them that I love them. I want a relationship with them. I want you to tell them. I want you to tell your circle of influence, all those people you're rubbing elbows with all the time. I want you to tell all of them, but I also want you to tell people that are a little bit outside your circle of influence. But guess what? I don't want you to stop there. I want you to tell people 
all over the world. I want you to tell people all over the earth, to the ends of the earth. Now that can, that can show up in a lot of different ways. Well, you can be on a mission trip. You can take a mission trip and go to another place in the world and you can share the good news and the love of Jesus Christ. You can do that. Man, we all can, can do that. We, we, we have opportunities to do that. We'll be talking about that a little bit more in a couple of weeks, but we, we have opportunities. Now, I know right now, some of you are sitting there going, Ed, I'm not going anywhere else right now. And quite frankly, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't want to go somewhere else right now. But listen, this will pass. You know, this is going to go away. And we're going to be able to go to other countries again. You're going to be able to do those things. And you know what? There have been a lot of people that have been scared by this virus that, and this pandemic that's out there. There are people in different countries that are scared. Some countries have been affected worse than we've been affected. And there are people all over the world. And they're scared for their lives. A lot of people are. Well, let me tell you, when this is all over, what better time to go on a mission trip when you've got people out there that, that they were thinking, man, I, I might not, you know, this, I may get this and I, and I might not make it or something. And, and you know, there are people in, all, in, in, world, in countries that aren't as developed as ours and they don't have the resources and all that we have in, you know, in the United States. And, and so we can go there and we can tell them about how you don't have to have fear, about how you can have a relationship with Jesus and that perfect love casts out fear. We can talk to them about that. But you can go all over the world. We have planes now. You can fly to different places. And then again, all of you right now, literally, where you're sitting with that device in your hand right now, do you realize that you can tell people all over the world about Jesus laying in bed with a cup of coffee and your computer in your lap? You can talk to people all over the world. Isn't that incredible that you can do that? So he says all over the world that we can do that. So this is an incredible passage. The very, and, and, and think about the magnitude of the passage because when we read past that, now this isn't gonna be on the screen, but when you get to verse 10, it says, let me, let me read the whole passage again, beginning when verse six. Okay, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, he deflects them, this is so great, it is not for you to know times or season that the father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now listen to this, listen to these next couple of verses. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Did you hear that? That was it. That was the last conversation that Jesus ever had face-to-face -face in bodily form, face-to-face -face with human beings. And he said, this is what's important. Go tell the world about me. Go tell everybody about me. Share with everybody what I've done for you, how I've changed your life, what I mean to you. Tell them your story. Share your story with them. Tell them how your life was before me and now after me. Take every opportunity, even if you can't tell them the whole story, give them a little bit of the story. Mention my name in a conversation and maybe in another conversation later. Or maybe when you're in a group of people and someone's talking and, and you know, man, this might not be the appropriate time to really dive into all this, but maybe you can get that person alone and say, hey, you know, I wanna to talk to you a little bit more about what we were talking about in the group. I, I don't know, I just think this is an incredible opportunity for all of us to, to, to take this to heart and to share the good news of Jesus because this world needs it really big time. Now here's, here's something that I know. 
I know this is important. And I want to read you this statement one more time. This is our evangelism statement. Evangelism is our communication of the gospel. It is the message that we are all sinful and that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and was raised to life again three days later and was seen by many witnesses for 40 days. Can you imagine that? 40 days he was talking to people and all. It's incredible. Our hope in communicating the gospel is that the hearer repents and believes. You know, here's something that I know. People need Jesus. And if we're believers, we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to share with others. So I'm going to ask you to do it. Now, today, we're in a very unique situation. Today, uh, we are doing our service online. And I think this is so incredible that we're doing this today. This is an amazing thing. And so I get to ask you to do something today. Look, okay, look at the person next to you. Now, if you're by yourself, you can just tell yourself this. But if you're with other people right now, anybody, if your kids are there, if your dog's there, just turn to your dog, your cat, turn to your cat. And, and, and you know, just, just look at them and say, I'm going to do what Pastor Ed's about to ask me to do. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do what Pastor Ed's asking me to do. Okay, here's what I'm asking you to do. We have a unique opportunity today. Number one, I want you to take 15 minutes after this sermon is over, after this service is over. With the people that are around you, I want you to have a little discussion about how you might be able to share your faith. Okay, I want you to take a few minutes and talk about that. And then what I want every single person to do that has access to a device right now, I want you, once you start coming up with these ways and opportunities to share your faith, I want you to go to the Heartland Facebook page and to Instagram, and I want you to start posting these posts about this is how we've come up that you, with a, a way we've come up with that you can share your faith. This might be a good thing. Think about this. We will have thousands of comments, thousands of suggestions of of ways for people to share their faith. And then when you see people's ways, if you like it, like their, like their comment, converse with them just a little bit, make a comment about it. Let's just light up social media with us talking about ways to share our faith in Jesus. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be an amazing, an amazing thing? If you're there today watching with your family and you have children, what an opportunity right now to take a few moments after this is over and just say, hey, let, 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 let us tell you or let me tell you how I share my faith or how important it is. This is a great opportunity for you to teach them. If you're in a small group meeting right now, this is an opportunity for your group to just stop for about 10 or 15 minutes and talk, talk about this. And so hopefully that, that you will we'll do that. So go out there and post it. Share, take that 15 minutes, and then go out there and post it and make this known to everybody and let's spread the word. And then the other thing, as we do each and every week here at Heartland, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. I want you to know that you're created in the image of God. And I want you to know that, that but Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they sinned against God and our relationship with God was broken. So we are all born and with a sin nature and we have this sinfulness and we're broken and we're separated from God. But God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to to pay the price for your sins and mine. And if we will acknowledge what he did, if we'll put our faith and our trust in him, pledge our allegiance to him, and if we will love him and commit our lives to him, the Bible says we can be saved or we will be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God died, God, that God died, uh, Jesus died on the cross and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So here's what I want you to do. 
If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want, I want you to, to do that today. If you feel that in your heart, if there's a genuine desire. If you have a question, there are some people probably sitting around you right now, hopefully, that can answer that question and can talk to you about that. That might be a great part of that 15 minute discussion. Or if you're by yourself right now, you know, you don't have to be in a big group. You know, the, you know, God does say we need to get together. We need to come together as congregations. We need to meet, not, not to forsake the assembling together of the saints. We're supposed to come together and we're supposed to meet. But we're in extraordinary circumstances right now. And we can meet online like this because you see, this building that I'm standing in right now, this isn't the church. You're the church. And so that's an incredible thing. So here's what I want you to do. I, I just want, if you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus right now, bow your head with me and just pray. Say, Jesus, I, I'm a sinner. And God, I I want a relationship with you. So right now, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me of my unrighteousness. And in the best way I know how, right now, I'm committing my life to you in Jesus' name. And if you made that decision today, we have the promise of scripture that God will save you. And so if you made that decision, go on our Facebook page, let us know it, private message us email us, text us, let us know that you made that decision so that we can reach out to you and we can help you in your new journey with Christ. Listen, if you need prayer about anything, we believe in prayer. We, we have crosses in our sanctuary where we put prayer requests up on the crosses. If you're not here today to do that, but you can send us those prayer requests. You can go to our website, go to heartchurch.org, and there's a place for prayer requests on there. And you can put your prayer requests on there, and we'll pray for those prayer requests. If you need to know anything, uh, you have questions answered, there's even a page on there that tells you what I just talked about, about how to have a relationship with Jesus. You can contact us. So we would love to talk to you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I've always wanted to be a TV preacher a little bit. So I got the shot today a little bit. So thank you for tuning in. But we want you more than anything to know that we love you, that we're praying for you during this time. And and listen, be careful, be safe. And we will keep you up to date on future services and all those kind of things. But God bless you. And thanks for tuning in today. And remember, love lives.